Folks, in our youth, when our careers were growing and expenses were high, we needed to get the most from our savings and the money we invested in the market. As we age, we need a safer strategy, one that can protect against market loss. We need to keep our hard-earned principles safe while allowing growth to provide us with reliable retirement income. Therefore, to learn about reliable retirement income, I highly recommend Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Good morning, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm Arab Halaby. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm just going to start off with the phone number. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 997-3847. When we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, planning for the future, retiring, uh, living a life, I want to be clear on a lot of things. The retirement life is, is not the same as your parents or grandparents. So sometimes your frame of reference of retirement is different. Meaning if you kind of live this life, you go down this road and you think your destination is someplace that it used to be. It's almost like well, can, you can't go home again, right? Whoever song, whoever, you can't go home again, right? The country song. You try to go back in the the uh, drive-in theaters, a Walmart parking lot, and uh, you know, you've heard those stories, right? You go back home, you're like, wait a second, when did they widen this road? Or where did that shopping center come from? It's the same thing. You can't go home again when it comes to retirement. Oh, I remember my grandparents' retirement, and this is what it looked like. Not going to be the case. I'll give you a few reasons. First of all, people are moving more and more and more frequently. I don't mean just upon retirement, but it used to be your parents or grandparents might move once or twice in their 20s or 30s, and that's it. They stay in that house until they die. Right? They're not refinancing it over and over. Some do, but, but most of them are not doing that. They're paying it off, and that's the dream. The dream was to have a paid-off house. Somebody forgot to tell you, especially if you're in California or New York, that the property taxes can never be paid off. And as they continue to raise the prices on the property taxes, it's the same thing with electric cars. Right In California, they tried this, oh, we're, we're going to do electric cars. Ha ha, we don't pay gas tax. So the state of California says, no problem, we're going to raise the car registration on electric vehicles. Do you really think they're not going to find a way to still get theirs? Right? If you're going to retire, if you think you're going to pay off your home and ha ha, I win in today's world, especially when that's not as common, they'll still find a way to tax you. They're still going to find a way to, to grab your money. So it's much more than just being debt free. Right? For a lot of people, being debt free is they think the answer. Right? Then I can live on $8 a day or something. It doesn't work that way. Part of the idea of planning for retirement is cash flow. It's income. 
It's never running out of income. It's every week or every couple of weeks. Another check coming in the mail. Another auto deposit in my bank. What the heck? Oh, it's that damn time again. Right? It's, it's the 10th. There it is again. It's that day again. That's what you want. You want the surprises being in your bank account in a positive way. Not that auto withdrawal, right? Where that vitamin thing you ordered or something else you ordered and all of a sudden... You thought you canceled, but you didn't, and they just took out another 1999, and they put you in a phone tree, and you disappear, and the next month comes again, and they take out another 40 bucks, and you're, you're, wait a second, what happened? Those are bad surprises in your bank account. Those, those are not happy days. Those are sad days. We know the difference. But somebody, somebody gets to retire and live a life. So what is it like? What is retirement like when it comes to the point of Well, let's just think about this. Making a difference. You see, your grandparents' generation making a difference was having healthy, happy family. Having a family that that honored each other, that got together on a reasonable uh, occasion. Enough was food on the table. and, And health insurance, if you will, if you had to translate into being able to care for you if you got sick. Right? That, was the, that was the goal of a life well lived. I'm not including their faith in that because that's different for different people. But, you know, add your faith in there. And that is a well-rounded life. Today, the 40s, 50s, 50s, 60s, 60s, 70s, right? You guys, <laughs> us, what are we trying to do? Well, we want the fancy car. We want the house, the RV, the vacation home and this home. We want to be able to live over here and travel over there. We're a lot more creative. And here's where the answer for purpose comes in. Especially now. You want to zig when everybody else zags? You want to go right when everybody else goes left? I'll think of another metaphor in a minute. You want to get it right when everybody else gets it wrong? Yes. Here's what you do. You retire from your work when you're ready, right? When the time comes. We have a lot of people retiring in January 2022. That's a big date. Take a time time off. Take a week, month, whatever. No problem. Then I want you to do this. I want you to go back to work. No, two hours a day, four days a week. Six hours a day, three days a week. I don't, I don't mind whatever it is. It has to be something that's exciting and interesting to you. But in a career that makes a difference. Volunteering at the elementary school, teaching uh, young adults at the community college, working part-time to mentor other young people in your old profession, working for some of the suppliers, consulting for some of your customers. But the pay doesn't matter as much, does it? You're going to get all excited about it. People do. They come to me, Arif, here's the package I received. You know, the pay and the vacation just doesn't seem like it's worth that much. Uh, Excuse me. You have $2.4 million. You have more than enough income coming in. I know, Arif, but it's about respect. No, it isn't. It's about your ego. You want to make a difference? Then you don't have to do it for money anymore. Okay, still be respected. Uh, you know, find a way to get to to square that circle. Find a way for you to still be uh, uh, f- feeling appreciated. I get it. 
But don't confuse feeling appreciated with the same kind of pay you got last week. I want you to go back to work. Here's the left when everybody's making a right, go up when everybody's going down. You got my story? It's because most people are still not going to work. Most people have chosen the lazy way out. Instead of saying, I can go forward and make a difference, they say, how could I live on less? Because you cannot save, cut coupons, save money and cut coupons towards a future, a financial future. Nobody ever got rich by cutting more coupons. Nobody ever got rich by buying the two-for-one special or the early bird special at the, at the buffet. It's a joke. It's a, Robert Kiyosaki is one of my mentors. Not a spiritual mentor, not my, you know, not my, uh, you know, pastor, or, but an amazing businessman. And his philosophies were 20 years ahead of their time. And here's what he said. It's pretty important. He said, understand the value of money and time. And when something doesn't work, just make more money. He's talking financially. And I thought to myself, I I didn't understand that. Like, what do you mean? Oh, you want that? You don't cut coupons for it. I mean, don't spend money foolishly, right? A fool does whatever a fool does, he or she does foolishly. Whether it's spending money or whether it's overeating or over drinking, right? So, so don't go to the extremes to justify your behavior, folks. But Robert Kiyosaki said it really well in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, right? In the Rich Dad series, simple. Learn how to make more money because that side is unlimited. You can't cut coupons past zero, right? There are very, very few stores that will pay you to shop there. You see those, oh, I have 17 children and six shopping carts and they go through with two and a half hours of coupons and okay, ma'am, for these, all these bags of groceries, you know, you pay $8. Okay. That's nice. But the amount of time, imagine if she billed for her time and the four or five hours between cutting coupons, the shopping and all the other stuff she had to do and sitting there at the line while the lady ran 175 coupons over the, over the cash register, right? That that's your goal. How about being the person that makes $2,000 an hour? Oh, that's not my minimum wage. I got a 38 cent per pay rate. Well, no, 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 because you think short term, right? Robert's pretty clear on this. He says, poor people. And now listen, here's where you check yourself, guys. I said, poor people. I didn't say no money because that's broke. I didn't say bad. That's the filter. You ran it through your mind. So learn the difference between a poor thinking and a rich thinking, not good or bad. That's your own hangups. And, and I had to work on that. Because I heard poor and immediately I thought, oh, he's putting them down. My family. Oh, I have uh, friends, my, my wife, my, my kid. Oh, oh, no, 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 Arif. Back that off. <laughs> You're not that important. The world does not revolve around you. So think for just a second. The reason poor people are broke isn't because they don't make money. It's because they don't understand how money works. Rich people aren't wealthy. Because they have 27 hours in a day. They're not wealthy because, you know, they they spend $15 less per month in the gallon, you know, in the tank of gas. Rich people are wealthy because they understand money. Poor people are broke because they don't understand money. Poor people are broke because they also spend money in the incorrect way. Do the math. From the, I don't know, let's say from the time you're 25 years old until now, 
maybe 30 years old, depending on who went to grad school, whatever it was by the time you got on your feet. And you do the math. How much money did you make? 50000 a year, 100000 a year. Do the math. Because if we keep it simple, 20 years at 50000 a year, that's a million dollars went through your hands. A million dollars. Somebody got it. Well, Eric, you know, the government taxes. You're right. Yep, they took some. Uh, and I need gas for my car. Yep, gas station. And we had to eat. I get it. So let's think about this. At the end of the day, the gas station owner, his kids are going to have a wonderful college. Thank you so much. At the end of the day, the dry cleaner and the restaurant manager, those guys, pff, the owner of that restaurant, amazing vacation this summer. Who worked for you? Right? You were sitting around screaming and yelling about this right and these rights. And at the end of the day, you make sure everybody else is, lives very well and very comfortably off of your effort. Now, most people think the union's job is to work for you. We'll get to that on a, maybe later in the hour. Clarify that just a little bit. But my point is I want you to work for you so that when your retirement comes, it's in your control. Not a pension plan's control, not the government's control, not the benevolence of the city or the county or the state or the district, but it's your decisions. Now, a lot of people are not comfortable with that much power. I understand. It's not easy. Can you imagine being the one in charge of your own destiny? I mean, that's, that can be scary. A lot of people feel like they should just be systems in a cog. Don't... Don't question authority. You know, when you see the young people of today wearing masks in public, walking down the street by themselves, wearing a mask, not questioning or thinking twice about something that makes so much more sense when you just have logic, right? It used to be in the 60s and 70s, even the 80s and 90s. It was the young people. Question authority, challenge this, nonconformity, purple hair, tattoos. And now, all of you little minions, get in line like a little troll. Wear your mask when you walk your dog by yourself walking down the street. Do you not understand how unbelievably ridiculous it is to breathe the same air? And yet you young people are afraid. So that goes to tell me, for those of you that are conservative out there, it goes to tell me where the power lies. You understand where it lies? It lies in the elementary, in the junior high and high schools. That's exactly where it lies. It has nothing to do with the media anymore. Nothing. The media is now decentralized. Facebook, Twitter. I mean, certainly those are controlled by the same far left progressive people. The socialists, they control that. Okay. But the power to change the mind of that young person Seven, eight hours a day, five days a week. That's where the money is. We need conservative school districts, conservative school. When I tell you, you have to run for office when you're retired, maybe that's the place for your purpose. Maybe you're an attorney or a CPA. Maybe you're somebody who's been a bookkeeper who understands numbers. Maybe you're just a logical person who understands common sense. You need to run for the school board. You have to. You have to block the crazies. Because even decent people that I thought were on our local school board, even decent people, she ran for office. She was a decent lady. I thought she was pretty smart. 
you know, uh, suddenly their big mouths start opening. Oh, racist. Uh, oh, she, she folds like a cheap suit. Emphasis on cheap. I couldn't believe it. I thought, you are kidding me. You, were, you said all the right things, maybe because you knew what office you were coming to when you came begging for money. And yet when I turn around, you're a coward. You see, brave souls don't come only in camouflage. Brave souls don't only come carrying a, a military rifle or a firefighter uniform. Right? Brave Americans aren't just our law enforcement officers. They can be you and me. They can be those of us out there that stand up for what you believe in. And if the only time you can do that is when you retire, because you're no longer worried about, quote, them firing you or being blackballed or, or you know, put in some corner or what we call, right, the way the, the sheriff and the police chief and some of the others, they do what's called freeway therapy. Have you ever heard of that term? Right? You disagree with uh, your supervisors, you're doing a great job, but you're just a little too vocal. They do freeway therapy. They find out where you live, and then they transfer you on the other side of town. So every day, coming and going, you have to go through downtown or hours worth of traffic. It's called freeway therapy. You get yourself straight. And we're going to remember you. Right? That, that, that's what you were worried about. Not anymore. Because you retired. Because you planned. You work with us or other good guys and gals that have what's called reliable retirement income. You build a lifestyle for you financially. So you control. You have the power. Because you understand in this journey, your purpose, maybe it's not about just being an engineer or a teacher or a professor somewhere. Maybe it's about time to make a difference in your 50s or 60s. Maybe retiring a little early and standing up. Maybe organizing. That's a skill set. You know, I once spoke to one of my favorite artists, painting artists. It's a lady. Her name is Marty Bell. She's passed now. God rest her soul. One of my favorite artists. She was a, a friend. I have numerous pieces of hers because I just loved them. Visited her home many times. Many times it looked like a museum. It was so beautiful. Her husband, Steve, wonderful people. And I asked her one day, I go, well, what age did you start painting? And she said, oh, I was started at 35. I'm like, what? With, with this kind of skill set, I mean, I, I'm sure she tinkered around, right? Whatever you would do as a young kid, doodle or whatever this. And then all of a sudden, I guess at age 35, 36, she decided she was going to be a, an artist. My word, when you look at her work, it was stunning to me. I think partly because I couldn't do it. I, you know, I could barely draw a straight line with the ruler. But her second phase in life changed an entire industry. It's in fact where Thomas Kincaid had his uh, teachings and some of his, his lessons were learned by her technique. His mentor was her in, in the sense of the skill set of artistry, painting, style. So you see, she made a difference in an area, but she wasn't until the second half of life, some would say. 
I use that as an example because even if you take Ray Kroc, and forgive me for using them in the same sentence because he was less than an honorable guy, by all accounts, those that knew him in some of his own words, but a bull in a china shop when it came to building a business created McDonald's. Some of you know that. Now, not the McDonald brothers that had the little, little, you know, a couple, three stores, but he took McDonald's and made it a franchise behemoth across the world. Or a man by the name of Colonel Sanders. Right? Ray Kroc, by the way, was 55 when he started. Colonel Sanders was in his 60s before he started the thing called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, it's not cool to say the word fried, so they use KFC and they use a cartoon of a white guy. But it's very interesting, right, how they're putting other characters, black characters, female characters, as Colonel Sanders. Because how dare we talk about a southern white gentleman who has anything that you want. So we have to bring in others. What if you were to do that to the American Indian, the Native American community? What if you were to do that to the black community? Right? You took Harriet Tubman and you made it Jim Carrey. Right? I mean, you would say, this is ridiculous. So, you see, the second half of life can give you that purpose and that meaning. But what else it can do is give you that ability to drive down and make a difference. It can give you that ability to drive down and change the world. Even if the world is your school district. Even if the world is your city council. Because if the world is somewhere outside of your neighborhood, yeah, you're going to take some shots. They're going to call you names. So maybe you're the behind the scenes person. Maybe you work for the local political group. Maybe you're the person who stands behind the scenes and, and organizes and influences. Because I want you and your family to create a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is to make a difference. Because it's not going to happen any other way. Did you know that? I know this is a surprise to you. <laughs> We've already tried it. We already sat around. We said we're going to let the political people, the, the professional political people, we're going to let them make a difference. We're going to let them be the ones that guide and direct us and teach us. And, and Look at how much they let us down. Look what they did to Larry Elder. I mean, have, have you thought about that? They called him the leader of the white supremacists. And instead of somebody laughing them out of office instead of somebody just looking at him and saying you guys are completely useless you are now um you know a racist yourself instead of that people just go oh click let's watch and see what's going on on jeopardy right instead of people taking it for what it is and calling these people extremists they sit around and allow the President of the United States to say he's not in charge and nobody questions it. They allow the President of the United States to have, quote, accidental uh, disconnection of his political news conferences when he starts talking about wacky stuff. I mean, you guys understand he's lost his mind. I don't have to, I don't mean a bad guy. I mean, 
The bad guy in the story, you know, as I've said numerous times, is Jill Biden. Ultimately, one of the worst people in the story is Jill Biden. Because she's not just a political operative like all the other people. Like Kamala Harris, she's dirty from the word go. We know that. That's not a story. She's a political hack. She's self-motivated. She's an opportunist. I got it. But when somebody says, I do, when somebody has loved you and married for decades, and they still let you go out and make a fool out of yourself, they put the nation at risk. She is in control of those of, the, of him as a man. And I count on my wife and my family and my kids to hold me accountable if I'm saying or doing something wrong. You heard me say it. If, I got, if you come out of the restroom and toilet paper is stuck to your foot, somebody that loves you is going to say, even a stranger, hey, hey, hey. And you come out and your shirt is untucked or you have parsley in your teeth or you had too much to drink. Somebody you love is supposed to pull you aside. And she has sat there and watched her husband ruin his legacy. He never had a good one with me because he was always a hack. But he's now our president. And all so she could have the title and the power. In my opinion, guys, she's the, she's the bad guy in the story. All right, listen, we're going to come back in just a minute. I want to get into a tax-free inheritance. How do we make sure that we can pass money to the next generation? We'll be right back. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRED. That's 888-997-3847. I'll be right back on the Total Financial Hour. TFS Financial Insurance Services. I'm Eric Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. The total financial hour, triple eight ninety-nine retire, eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. All right, we're talking about your family's finances. Uh, I always drop the word purpose throughout our shows and and I don't know, twenty, whatever about eighteen years of radio now, something like that, seventeen. More than almost, uh, yeah, almost 18 years of radio. 3,000 shows plus. Purpose has always been a cornerstone of what we do. And why? Because the purpose of your life determines the quality of your life. It is not the amount of money you make, although that makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? It is not about how many dollars you have in your bank account or the income, or the charity that you can give, but your purpose. And I think the faster someone can repurpose their life after 35 years and working at the plant, or with the government, or the city, or the job, or the whatever, when, when you stop that career and you switch to something else, the faster you can change, or create, or rebuild that purpose, in my opinion the better quality of life, the longer you'll live. Probably the less ailments, certainly the less aches and pains. You just don't have time for them, right? When you're sitting around, you know it, I do. I can only sleep in so far, so long. Why? Because then my back starts hurting, right? You can have the best mattress in the world. 
you can just, uh, you know what? It's just starting to not feel good. Okay, I better, time to get up. Your body says you've had enough rest, no longer. Just like sitting around all day long on a weekend. We all do that. I, I love to just take one weekend day and recharge and sit and relax. But try to do that two, three, four days in a row. And your body will start hurting. You're aching. You're, you, you, you get depressed. Your mind is not all there. Nothing good begins to happen. And so that's the same thing when it comes to your lifestyle. You have to have a purpose. All right, so here's what we're talking about when it comes to inheriting money, either for yourself or for your children, grandchildren, or others. Here's where it makes a difference. The type of asset, you've heard me talk about rich and poor mindset, the type of asset that you leave to your beneficiaries determines the taxation of that asset to them on the receiving end. So think of it like this. If you are receiving dollars from your parents' real estate, they bought a house for 47000 it's worth a million. They pass away, you inherit it, what are you taxed on? If it's going from parent to child, you're not taxed on the million. Now, if you sold it for $1.1 million, that $100,000 gain, yep, you'll pay taxes on that. But it's a transfer of asset. It's your home. You paid tax on the money that you used to pay down the house, to maintain the house. You paid income tax on the money to pay for the repairs, uh, to, to maintain the uh, you know, electricity and the garden and on and on. So why should you pay tax twice? In fact, the government should justify each and every tax, not be the other way around. The way it works today is they kind of ask you to justify why they couldn't or shouldn't be taxing it. It, it isn't as if it's their money and you have to question uh, and give them a reason why you should keep it. So many of you, even many of you conservatives, think that the government should have access to all of your money all the time, anytime. They should have nothing unless you decide to drip and drab it. Right now we say, listen, the government's job is not to stay alive. Now, that's what it's turned out to be. Not just stay alive, but to grow and to never stop. The government's job should be to serve you so that you can become the best of what you can be. Be the greatest in what you can be. That's the job of the government. The job of the government is not to say, uh, thank you for working hard. Here's your 14 you know, cents. A friend of mine was in the Soviet Union. <clears throat> She's now in her 60s. She was a PhD student there. Very educated, very smart. Quote, free education. But how she had to spend her summers was picking vegetables and fruit. And the way it works is this. If you ever saw some of the old pictures of the Soviet grocery stores, those were the grocery stores that the uh, man, woman, and child, the common people, could, could go to. But the Communist Central Committee and their friends and family, the people that knew, you see, they still grew very nice vegetables and fruits there. And her job, she says, is to pick the fruits and vegetables, and then they are sorted. 
the old, the overripened, some of the, the bruised or beaten up fruits, that would go to the everyman grocery store. But the Communist Party would get the very fine vegetables that were imported or the ones that were grown in country, but the first pick, if you will. So you had to know somebody. You had to be that person. You had to give in politically in order to be allowed to shop at those places. Can you say vaccine passport? Uh, can, Can you believe how ridiculous this is? You guys need to start resigning in mass from the police department, from the fire department, from the school, uh, from, from the teachers, the school districts. Any place they require you to get a vaccine, you need to retire, resign immediately. There's been hospitals where the entire labor delivery, sorry, we can't deliver any babies. Sorry, we're, 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 we don't have enough nurses. You can't deliver a baby here. Now that, just so you know, is where the money is made in a hospital. It's made in other areas, but where it's really made, that's in the labor and delivery. So they just hit that hospital where it hurts. You want courage? You want purpose? You want to stand up for something more than the almighty dollar? Maybe that's what you do. Because everybody said a year ago, they're not going to make vaccines mandatory. Everybody said a year ago, no, they're not going to make you. And sure enough, they do. They've scared the daylights out of little people walk driving in your car with a mask. I, I, I mean, I, I don't get it. They're mentally ill. I mean, the guy on the corner that talks to himself and rocks in a corner and plays a guitar, you know, facing the wall. That guy is mentally ill. The person driving the car by themselves with the mask on. Eh, pretty darn close. I don't mean to be rude, guys. Forgive me if it comes across that way. But you need to ask yourself. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Common sense, normal, everyday people. Oh, you're sick? Stay home. Oh, you got to go to the store? Wear a mask. Then go back home. That's what you do. It's not a secret. You probably did that before. Oh, you don't get to go visit grandma so-and-so because you're not feeling well. Okay, you stay home. We'll go visit her. Right, then they tell you the vaccines protect you, and then but now you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask. Is this common sense to anybody? Oh, it is? I got a few amens. Got it? Then do something about it. Protest, stand up, go to the school board, call these people out, recall the stinking school board. That's where you start because they are brainwashing our children. When you have young people who have a point zero 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 nine percent chance of getting it and dying from it, and instead, you know, they, they scare the, the heck out of them. I, I was um, on a plane the other day, and there's a sign outside of uh, Alaska Airlines for everybody to see. It's not, a, it's not a small sign. And it goes through and it talks about those that wear a mask have a point zero 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 nine percent whatever it was, of getting, getting the disease. Uh, how much of it without the mask? Right? You want to be intellectually honest? Tell me what, compare the numbers. Oh, you have a 10% without a mask and 0.000, okay, with, whoa. Instead, what they're doing is they are purposely lying to you. They, be, they have become, the airlines have become a propaganda arm of the Biden administration. 
because they're not telling you the truth. Without a mask, it's this. With the mask, with the, okay, oh gosh, you know what? I'm going to make my own decision. Thank you. Got it. I'm a big boy or girl, right? I pay my health insurance. You don't pay my health insurance, right? Obama made sure my health insurance tripled. I, I got it. I have to pay much more than I ever had to pay before. Got it. And now businesses like Amazon and others are getting exemptions. Oh, yeah, they will. Because there's no way they're going to hire 125,000 people. There just isn't enough people. Nobody wants to work there for $15 now. Oh, now it's $18. Oh, it's $20 now. Great. I mean, you realize across the board, you have the power. You resign, you blue flew out of the police department, you blue flew out of, or red flew out of the, the fire department, right? So we're not going to do this. How does the Biden administration give the post office with a straight face? Like, how did the newscasters not start laughing? They say, oh, everybody, all federal employees, except the post office. <laughs> what? How, how, how are you newscasters not, not calling BS on this? I, I mean, I don't understand where the... It's almost like the Communist Party, right? The king has no clothes. You guys go back a couple of years. Uh, I have been saying this from the word go, man. It's like the king has no clothes. You think that I think that she thinks that he thinks. And as long as you say that I say that he says and she says, and we all look at the same thing and we say, that's a beautiful suit, Mr. King. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's not wearing anything, walking down in the parade. Because everybody is afraid to tell the king that he isn't wearing clothes. Everybody's afraid to call BS on the Biden administration and the progressive Democrats because they don't want to lose their job or be called a racist. I mean, they went they went so far to call Larry Elder a black leader of the KKK. Well, how are you guys not throwing these people to the curb? Uh, so that's where I'm saying the purpose in the first half hour. We have to have something to do. All right, let me get back to the to the tax-free inheritance. This drives me crazy, as you can imagine. Okay, the tax-free inheritance. It's real estate that you can leave to your children, grandchildren. It is life insurance that you can leave to your children, grandchildren. It is stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and a brokerage account. The growth of those things you can leave to your children or grandchildren, or whoever you want, for that matter. But all of the other things, house has to be parent to child, life insurance to anybody. So here's when I talk about rich and poor. Here's what I talk about when it comes to the different people who are receiving and spending money and what they're doing with it, okay? If you are of the rich mindset, you don't leave your IRA or 401k that is a regular 401k, you don't leave that to your children or grandchildren. Now, if that's the only thing you have, of course you do. But what, what the rich mindset, what the wealthy people do that have a lot of money, they leave those types of accounts that are the pre-tax accounts, they leave that more and more to charities, to organizations, to churches. And then what you leave on the other side to your family, your children or grandchildren, is life insurance, it's real estate. Because that is all tax-free to them. That gives them the ability to not have the other monies that they earned. So imagine for a minute, you have a daughter that's an attorney, son that's a physician, architect, whatever, 
and they are working their tail off all year long, making good money. You pass away in September and you leave them your retirement account. Now, all of the money that they have earned from the beginning of the year till now is all part of the bigger picture and taxed at a higher rate. That means that when you leave money to your children or grandchildren, you can be a burden. Now, they might say, oh, mom left me 500000 uh, I know I'm only going to get three hundred. Oh well, three hundred is better than nothing. Well, okay, that's fine. But why do you want to give two hundred thousand to the federal and state government? You think Gavin Newsom and his group ever did good things with your money? <laughs> I mean, really? You're like, oh, they need more. That's the problem. The problem is there just isn't enough. So I want you to have the ability to have multiple sources of income in retirement, but. From these places, because that's what they're designed to do, right? They're designed to be your source of income where you can drip them into your account and into your lifestyle. But as a beneficiary, now back to my question, is this the only asset you have to leave your children or grandchildren? Then fine. Then that's, then this is what we do. But if you have the ability to have a life insurance policy or real estate that you can pass on to that next generation then you do so in a way where it's tax-free to them. And the charity church organization receives it. So then, how much in income tax do your your beneficiaries pay? Nothing. Because the church charity is an exempt organization and your children and grandchildren are getting money tax-free. So when I talk about the more affluent and the wealthy and the way that they think and what they do, there's kind of a process. I don't know where, you know, you go to Wealth University. I'm sure it exists somewhere. Somebody's trademarked that. But, the, you know, wealthyuniversity.com or I'm, I want to be rich.com or whatever. Somewhere all of this data sits. I usually think it's gatekeepers that have taught people to be wealthy and to make these decisions. Gatekeepers like their parents. They're... CPAs, their financial professionals, their attorneys. I think they're the ones that start dripping it into their life. Probably the biggest influence would be parents. Because if your parents are poor thinking, not bad, not evil, but poor thinking, and they have a job that is very limited in wealth potential, then the potential for you to think outside of the box, at least in the old days, was very limiting. You did it because your dad did it, because your grandpa did it, and your mom did it, and your grandma did it. So you were just in that little rut. When the access to information came about, the world changed. You see, that family used to work all year long, all lifelong, to send their children to college, university. That was their goal. They're going to send their children to a college so that the next generation can do better than this generation. That's what, that's what, especially in the immigrant family, that's the mindset. I came here for a chance so that my kids would have a chance to grow and be something, says that immigrant. My dad came here for that reason, right? So he could have success, but also so that the next generation could have success. This matters because when they do that, it was because information was over there in those brick buildings with the ivory on the outside, you know, ivy on the outside, these, these uh, ivory towers called universities, colleges. 
but not anymore. You see, once information was decentralized, all of the sudden, information is free. It used to be, if you had a library card, you could go to the library and, and the books had to be at the library. And if they didn't, tough luck. Maybe we could order them from the other side of town. Maybe the other side of the state. Maybe not. Sorry if we could. That's the way it went. And you had to learn how to research inside of the book. So your research skills were as imperative as the curiosity it took to open up that book. Now... You could be sitting at dinner with somebody and say, you know, back in, was it 1941, 1942? I don't remember. There was this thing that, oh, oh wait, hold on. Oh, it was 1942. Got it. Or remember when, uh, you know, Pontius Pilate did the, oh, wait, hold on. Let me check. Yeah, that's right. It was this year. Right? <laughs> Suddenly information is not as valuable because it's not as limited. So when young people are living their life, Information, facts are cheap. They're a dime a dozen, a dime for two dozen. Inflation is working the opposite with information. As opposed to, we would hire an expert because, oof, that expert is smart. They know things. They were educated. Today, the educated are not as valuable because the information they retain, eh, it's just there. So then what's valuable? Right? No longer. Wait, hold on. How do I build a nuclear reactor? <laughs> right? I could be sitting in the middle of Paris. Wait, wait. Uh, how do I say this in French? Oh, got it. How simple is that? You can find out anything about anything within seconds. But what is not taught? What has become more valuable? Integrity. Honesty. Curiosity, showing up on time, doing what you said you were going to do, even doing a little bit more, being someone who gets along well with others, office environment, group environment, don't be a jerk, right? I mean, listen, a lot of us want to be around other people, but not when they're jerks. Right? If you're not going to choose to own your own business, then somebody else decides who sits next to you. Whether it was in the police car when I was a, a policeman, whether it was uh, at an office, when you work in an office, who your boss is, who your subordinates are, somebody else makes those decisions, not you. Do you get along well with them? So I think you need to look and see how many of you kind of live this life, financially speaking, where you are able to take, take the things that are valuable. Right? Well, what's the most valuable thing? And that's what I want you to pass on to the next generation. That's what I want you to look at. You can leave them money from your from your office building. You can leave them money from your life insurance plan, but sit down and teach them the things that are important. Because if that doesn't happen, then what's going to happen to the next generation? Well, one, they'll have a bunch of money that they get, maybe half, but by the time the government takes the other half, they'll have access to every information. So everybody's walking around with a bunch of knowledge, but no wisdom. 
That's the way it's happening now. You know that, right? Wisdom and knowledge used to kind of go along at the same speed. You've heard me talk about that before. You wanted to know what the Pythagorean theorem was. You didn't ask the old time farmer guy who dropped out of the eighth grade and who's, you know, working in in his uh, 150 acres. You don't ask him. He doesn't know the Pythagorean theorem. But you want to know about life? You want to know about wisdom? You pull that old farmer, that old cowboy aside and you ask him. And he'll tell you because that's wisdom. You want to know the Pythagorean theorem? You ask a fourth grader. Ask him about life. They can barely spell it. Certainly they couldn't write it cursively. Right? Some of these kids can't even write or read cursive. Basically, there's two languages in the United States now. There's print and there's cursive. Just like in Quebec, French and English. Some kids have no idea how to speak French. Some have no idea how to speak English because they're, they're in such a deep, deep French family that they don't understand the basics of the English language. Because Quebec thinks it's its own country, by the way. A little bit of a dig on the Quebecians. Is that what it is? Quebecers? I'm not sure what they're called. But who? Who's going to teach your kids about character and integrity? You need to stop. It's no longer about information. This whole thing about borrowing 100000 to go to a, a college so that, look, especially this is what drives me crazy. My clients will come and they'll say, oh, Eric, we're going to borrow money to send our kid to a college, you know, whatever, Arizona State University. I'm like, there's 50,000 students there. Nobody matters there. And you're going to pay out-of-state tuition. You have to be smart with your money, guys. It's your family that matters. It's the legacy that matters. Information is free. It's everywhere. Teach them the values of being part of your family. Even if you're the grandparent and you get them once a month, it's still up to you because somebody has to. Let me give you my number again, guys. If you need reliable retirement income, if there's something I can do to help, help kind of plan to pass on the money to the next generation the right way, I'm here to help. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm here with, uh, with you every week. Your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money on your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Arif Halaby. Have a wonderful day. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Arif Halaby. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.